Welcome to Roll Call, the official Columbia Heights Police Department podcast. I'm Ben Sandell, Communications Coordinator with the city. I'm here with co-host Chief Lenny Austin and Officer Mo Farah. Today's special guests are Anoka County Attorney Tony Palumbo and Anoka County Sheriff James Stewart. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ben. James, we'll maybe start with you. How long have you been Sheriff of Anoka County? And can you describe how your perspectives shifted from that first year to now? What what are the main differences and how you see what you do? That's a complex question. So I I am in my 12th year, my third term as the elected sheriff of the county. And the first year, I know I came into it with the experience coming up through the office and in command roles and working with cities. And I really saw the role of the sheriff as being um, kind of the the facilitator. He cast the vision and you'd come in. And at that point in time, one of the most significant things we were facing was budgetary challenges. And so when I first became sheriff, we were trying to work with a lot of our cities on our contracts and helping them uh, negotiate through their financial difficulties. And uh, I kind of thought once we got through those things, we would begin to settle and things would become a little easier to manage. Uh, little did we realize things like riots and unrest and uh, maybe you all have heard about COVID. Um, the, the things that impacted all six of our divisions and every specialty unit in our response and our operations and the community relation aspect of things really became uh, on the forefront. And for me, um, I also thought it was going to be more localized and I quickly became more engaged with the Minnesota Sheriff's Association and with the National Sheriff's Association, trying to make sure that the successes that are occurring all around Anoka County were shared with others. I am. I got elected at the same time Jim did in 2010, took office January of 2011. I've been in the office since October of 1977. Um, so I have come up through the, uh, through the ranks, as Jim has also, and uh, certainly have learned... Um, how this office uh, has responded to the community. Uh, My feeling uh, is people knew what the county attorney's office was a little bit, but they didn't exactly know what they did. Um, So I felt it was incumbent upon me to certainly interact with the community a lot more. So um, we, uh, along with uh, the sheriff's office and others, uh, tried to interact and promote uh, programs that certainly educated the public as to you know what was going on uh, and how we could help them. A classic example of that are the opioid uh, sort of um, forums that we did. We did three of them to the public, and I think it opened a whole lot of eyes uh, to what's going on. So I felt my role here not only to, to guide the office through the the growth that we have uh, had um, to be a stabilizing force for them, but also to interact with the community to try and bring a lot more information and to help people out. The presentations, excuse me, that we put on locally, we then brought to the national level and began teaching other law enforcement agencies about how to acknowledge these things, how to bring them to your communities. And so um, I I think a lot of that is really about how do we continue to share our success stories and learn from others to keep being better. From my perspective, to uh, piggyback on that a little bit, absolutely. What we have done, a classic example, I think, is the... uh, in the domestic abuse area, when uh, we have a, a protocol, all law enforcement has been trained within Anoka County to when they come to a domestic abuse scene, you know, they separate uh, the parties and ask questions. And if there's a problem, uh, referrals sometimes to the person who is the victim to get into a shelter, that kind of thing. And then the county attorney's office is doubled up. So when they get into court, 
we can somehow screen out some of those and get them into a counseling program. I will tell you that is very near and dear to my heart because when I first started, I think that, you know, the first couple of years we had six homicides. I think five of those were domestic related. And since we started this program, we've, you know, limited that tremendously. And that was very, I mean, it was heartening to see. I mean, one is too many, but uh, certainly to reduce that number through education and through a program, both with law enforcement and certainly with the courts in our office to try and really make a difference in people's lives. Tony, hold on. when did that, I, I, I know we were part of that initially. When did that start? It was like 07, 08? Uh, a little bit later than that. I believe okay. it, it came in about nine when they, they first uh, started doing the education. And then in 10 and 11 is when we really started really, it out. Yeah, because it took a little while to lay that groundwork. But, it took a little while. Yeah, but it, that's one, uh, that is one program where I remember the sheriff's office really jumped on board with the county attorney's office. And it's... I mean, it's become a, I think, a national model now, If I, from what I understand. That is correct. We've gotten a request from the Honolulu Police Department to at least give them information about our program. Um, I'm going to get into, can you guys a little bit uh, talk about the role of um, the elected, you know, official? You guys both are elected officials and also the difference between being elected versus being appointed. Okay. Um, yeah, Tony. All right. I, I certainly can start. Um, being elected is a very interesting experience, as Jim and I both have gone through, you know. I mean, where else do you uh, knock on doors and ask for a job for, you know, 100,000 people? Um, but when you do go through that, um, you certainly learn about your community. You learn about what your community thinks, how they feel, uh, what issues are there, um, and you respond to that. So it's part of the education. Now, here in the, in the metropolitan area, I mean, elected officials, the sheriff and, and the county attorney really are, we are truly administrators. I mean, we don't go out, you know, Jim doesn't write tickets. I don't go out and try cases. In the smaller areas of Minnesota, they do. Um, they're out there hands on. Uh, but we have uh, staff we have to administer. There's so many other things. Um, that we have to advise, plus the interaction, certainly the Joint Law Enforcement Council uh, and with the state. You know, I have a county attorneys association that I certainly work with. So I'm really more of a liaison with various members of the community as well as running the office. And that, that's the real difference when you, you get elected. Um, make policies. You have to make policies and you live by those policies. But by virtue of having to go through an election, you learn what's really important to your community and you tailor your policies accordingly. And to me, that's been uh, something they can't teach you at the beginning of the campaign, but you sure learn it at the end. You know, you are, as they, you know, my predecessor used to say, I reserve the right to be smarter tomorrow than I am today. And you know what? I think for all of us, that's what happens. I, I can say the same thing for me. I thought I knew what the role of the sheriff was, and I thought I knew the complexities of our county until you get out and start knocking on doors in every neighborhood of every community in across 21 communities of Anoka County. And when you start to realize um, not just their individual needs and their, their regional and their area wants, um, but you really start to understand, I started to understand the magnitude of the role of the sheriff. Um, and by that, I just mean I was it was really resonated that we report to the people, we are for the people, when we are of the people. And so it was uh, a real eye-opener for me to be able to be out there knocking on all those doors and to hear people, um, not just their degree of support across all of the county, 
but to have a better understanding. You know, there's just nothing like sitting down face to face and talking with folks from from a, a wide array of backgrounds and experiences and to understand uh, their individual needs and how do we tie that in together and uh, create a stronger Anoka County. Can you give me an example of a mistake you made early on that you wouldn't have made now with the experience that you have? Hmm. Hmm. I I guess probably taking people at face value more than I should have early on. I didn't under I didn't realize certain motivations by certain people. In what and, context? Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, well, uh, certainly in the criminal arena, sometimes um, things are are said certain ways that are not exactly accurate. I can't give you chapter and verse right now, but I do remember thinking I should have been a little smarter about that. I shouldn't have necessarily um, taken the uh, the main thing that they were saying, um, and uh, should have looked beyond that. And you grow as a manager, and I'm sure Jim will say that, I'm sure the chief will say it too. You learn how to manage people early on, and you try not to make mistakes in managing, but it is a whole different world the day you become a manager, and um, you realize um, there are motivations by people. that and I'm not just talking in the office. I'm talking about in the community in general that wants you to do things in a certain way, and you just have to understand it. I've always said I can always defend what I believe in, not what I don't. And what you learn very early is staking out what you really believe in and sticking to that, even when it's unpopular. How many how many attorneys are in the office now, uh, including me, forty seven? Yeah, I can't imagine uh, overseeing forty six people that are trained to argue with you. I mean that. <laughs> I've often I've often said that that's uh, that's got to be uh, an interesting uh, uh, job uh, from time to time. Well, <laughs> you certainly encourage them to uh, state their position. Sometimes, um, even uh, sometimes you just have to work with those positions. Yeah. Well, and unlike law enforcement, I mean, we always get along all the time internally, don't we? <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> well, how big is usually? So, how I know the sheriff's office has grown quite a bit since I started here in Anoka County. Um, I mean, well, the population alone, I, I'd have to look back from the '90s to now, but um, I mean, that's one of the things that I would imagine you have to be most proud of is just the growth of the sheriff's office in in many ways. And we were talking before we got started too about you know, some of the services that the sheriff's office provides that, quite frankly, um, no other county has. We're very fortunate in Anoka County. And we, I think most people don't really, again, understand maybe the scope of the sheriff's office or the role of the sheriff because they think jail or on the north end of the county, they see our mark squad. So they think that's our police service provider, um, which are both true. We have the jail division and folks do an amazing job in there. And uh, we provide the police services for eight of the 21 communities of Anoka County. <clears throat> but we also, the ancillary services attached to the jail, I mean, the SWAT team and canines, um, a, uh, a complex UAS or drone program, um, our marine unit, and the, the list goes on, uh, recreational enforcement and the snowmobiles and boats and all of those things. But then the behind-the-scenes stuff that people oftentimes forget about, our civil process folks, the criminal investigation division, the crime scene unit folks who the who come out and handle all of those scenes, um, our, our civil process, warrants, transport, uh, and of course our laboratory. You know, we went from a fledgling laboratory 
a few years ago, and uh, former Sheriff Anderson uh, cast this vision with sheriffs from Anoka, Sherburne, and Wright counties. And his ask of me was try you know get this accredited. And I said, well, of course. And I had no idea the complexities <laughs> of what that would actually mean. And um, but as with most things that we try to do, if we're going to do it, we want to do it with excellence. And fast forward to today, we not only attained the international accreditation for our laboratory, but it's been recognized as one of the top laboratories in the world for the last three years running. Um, so we're, again, very fortunate in Anoka County to have those complexities and all of those different roles. There, there's a lot more complexities to the office than most people realize. And I also don't think most people realize how many of our areas impact their daily lives. And I know, again, Columbia Heights, they don't see a lot of sheriff squad cars. But between civil process and uh, our investigators, they, they spend a lot of time down there, uh, as does, you know, unfortunately, uh, SWAT teams or canines and those other those other areas. I will share with you, I had lunch with a uh, judge from another county who presided over um, a pretty heinous murder trial here in Anoka County. And he said to me, you know, if it happens north of 694, I hope it happens in Anoka County. And I said, well, why is that, Judge? He said, because you guys know what you're doing. And I guess that's probably the best compliment we can get. Absolutely. You know? I've had legislators make that same reference when we go down and we're trying to talk with them. And as soon as, oh, Anoka County, yeah, you guys do it right up there. And, but yeah, there's no better compliment. Yeah, it's, it's that, that is nice to see. And, it, and, and it's always, and, when, and I've been here since 95, and it's, it's always been that way. Um, you know, the tech has changed and, 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 you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but that, that part of it, um, yeah, it's, it's nice to see that. And again, it, it's, it, I think a lot of it is because, um, like we were talking earlier, you know, sometimes we can get very siloed, um, in this job and, uh, agencies don't talk with one another. And that's, I've never seen that as, as an issue here. Um, and that's, like I said, I think that's pretty unique. I think we all grow when we grow together, don't we, Chief? Absolutely. When I started to get involved with JLEC, it was really, it, it was interesting to see that behind the scenes work that gets done. It's, uh, it's really, it's really neat to see. And I don't, I don't think there's any, I mean, do, I mean, do you know, I mean, or at the national level, do you, do you see any of that? I know, um, you know, you get into these other states and like I said, that, that, that siloing and, and quite frankly, sometimes there's, there's a lot of animosity between bordering agencies or agencies in the sheriff's office or the state. And I, I've just, I've just quite frankly, just never have seen it here. And, uh, and the citizens should be proud of that because, um, at the end of the day, when those big things happen, we, we, we really do uh, everything we can to check our egos at the door and, and just get the work done. And kind of to your point, Tony, um, you find out very quickly, um, you know, especially when, uh, when you have a major event, how, how really, how bad you want to do this job, because uh, those things can pr be pretty tough, especially when, when you have a major event like a homicide or something, working with those victims behind the scene to try to give them that extra closure. Um, I'm sure it's incredibly rewarding, but at the same time, it's got to be incredibly gut-wrenching at times, too. Absolutely, Chief. We had 46,000 contacts with victims last year mm. from our victim services people, 46,000. Divide that by 365. That'll tell you how many we have contact with every day. I'll and, do that later. I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a and, real math guy, but that's a lot. And as you know, in law enforcement, <laughs> uh, sometimes you come upon people at the worst moments of their lives. And, you know, we in the government, 
you know, and certainly in the public safety arena, have to be there for them, with them, and get them through it. Just wanted to kind of want to know what you guys' future endeavor is, what goals do you guys have in the future that uh, mm. we'd like to share with the audience after all these years of service? I don't have any plans. They say you don't make any plans for six months after uh, retirement. So uh, Jim may have some, but I don't know. I'm just going to try and after 45 years of solving problems, I think I want to break from that mm -hmm. just a little bit. Um, so we'll, we'll see it. And uh, certainly you have to. Um, everybody who has been in this business after a while. Um, and I will tell you, Mo, and you guys see it all the time. The sheriff sees it also. I start my day reading criminal complaints. So I'm reading about how people are hurting people every day. So that's how I start. So it's basically the police blotter, the newspaper. I mean, these are real people. And um, after a while, I, I think it's time to let someone else start to solve those problems. And I can kind of let that go. Because the stress is pretty insidious. You don't realize it, but it'll, it'll catch up with you. So Do you have any advice for dealing with that stress? Um, Look for the positives. Um, you know, um, both Jim and I, I think, have been out in the community, uh, and there's a lot of good in the world, and there's a lot of bad in the world. And if all you see is the bad, make sure you look for the good, because there are people that do the right thing. And um, it, it kind of gives you a different perspective. But when you've been seeing the, the bad side of people for so long, day in and day out, um, you have to look for a positive. And that's what I certainly look for. And I can't speak for Jim, but. I think you may feel the same way, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. And for us, they call it the on-call reports. So same thing. You start the day reading of all of these CID, our criminal investigation division, on-call reports about how people victimized other people all across the county in the previous 24 hours. And it absolutely takes its toll. And it's, it's part of the challenge um, when you're wired to care is how do you narrow down the number of directions you're going to run. And when you talk about mistakes that were made, I, I'm still trying to figure that out because for me, the mistake was not being able to find a balance. And every community group, every uh, victim advocacy uh, entity, every element that's out there trying to do good things wants your partnership and deserves our partnership. But there's only so many staff members and there's only so much time in the day and there's only so many resources. And when you literally want to partner and, and serve alongside all of these great groups doing so many great things. Um, how do you do it? And so those are the kind of things that keep me up at night. I think about all those victims in all those different areas. And then when you start thinking about the domestic violence, the sexual assaults, uh, the, the narcotics challenges facing our communities, um, all of the, the <laughs> fentanyl and the, you know, the mental health, the list goes on and on. And um, when people want you to come and talk with them or work with them or partner with them, I'm wired to say yes. And even my own assistant said, you need to learn how to say no, because otherwise you do find yourself going to multiple events in the each evening and numerous events on the weekends. And uh, then it becomes that balance of guilt because you're either guilty about not being with your family because you're at the community events or you're guilty about being at the community events and not being with your family. Uh, so the people who come in behind us, I think, need to try and figure out how to prioritize um, their vision because if you're if you're broken like me um, you want to do it all and it just it can't be done and it does get tiring for next steps um, I'm still exploring my options I never thought I'd be that guy to uh, you know 
Lenny and I grew up in this environment in Mo. If you, you saw a job posting, you applied for it, you knew what it was, you knew what it paid, and you either got it or you didn't. Suddenly, um, post law enforcement, I can assure you, whatever it is, I, I'd really be surprised if it included a badge and a gun in my next uh, era. But there, there's um, a lot of entities that want to, they call it exploring the partnership. And so I'm in negotiation to try and figure out what that's going to look like. I know I'm too spastic to fully retire, but I don't know what it looks like just yet. What do you think the, um, from a crime perspective, is probably going to be the, if you could, if you could think of one or two things um, over the next several years, uh, our, our biggest challenge from a crime perspective over the next several years, would you say here in Anoka County, but, even, but also maybe even at the state level? I think our nation needs to figure out what are we going to do with narcotics. And we've been hearing about the war on drugs since, what, the 70s? Um, if, if it's a war, we're losing. And so we, we really need to regroup and figure out what are we going to do. Do we care about our kids or don't we? Do we care about our communities or don't we? Because my opinion only, everything we're doing is, is very half committed. Um, and we, we keep throwing resources at battling narcotics on our streets, but we do nothing to control the influx of the narcotics on our streets. And so I, I think it's a, an interesting dynamic that we aren't actually committed to win a war that we've, we, we've said is an issue, we acknowledge is an issue, but we don't set out to win it. And so that I think is, is huge as I, I speak down at Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge um, and have, have worked with their board for uh, many years and they are doing, one of many groups doing great things, but they'll be the first to tell you we're, we're not winning. And I certainly want to follow up with Jim said um, and the impact of, of drugs in general uh, on what has gone on. When I first started in Anoka County, for the first four or five years, we didn't have any termination of parental rights. Now we filed 48 last year, 48. <laughs> when you think about that, that is the worst thing the state can do is tell somebody you no longer are a parent, you're no longer a child. And the overwhelming majority of that is based on drugs. People have an inability to care for their children. So it's got an impact on families. Uh, I can't tell you how many shoplifting cases uh, get. Where do they find on them every time? There's usually almost all of them. And I see, Chief, and Mo, you're shaking your heads. Where do they find on them? They find drugs because they are. So that affects all of us. You know, if you go to Kohl's or you go to Target or Walmart, you're paying higher prices because people are still. And we're not talking, you know, 25 cent candy here. We are talking about $1,900 electronics. So the drug influence that has influenced other crime in the domestic violence area, I mean, it used to be just alcoholism. Now, I mean, we're, we're seeing so much influence by uh, drugs that are affecting people's behavior and the choices they make. And those choices affect families and they affect us all out in the community. So um, in the future, I think Jim's right. We're gonna have to figure out how we're gonna, how we're gonna get a handle on this. Because if it keeps going and it appears to be rapidly expanding, um, it is going to create even more problems for us as we go down. And, of course, I see it starting with the families and, um, and growing from there. It's kind of like a concentric circle. It just goes out and out and out. And it, it really does affect us all. And I don't care which political side you fall on. You have to be realistic. Things are happening to society that we need to get control of or um, it's going to be it's going to be devastating 
I think for the people in the future, Jim and I are getting out of it 25 years from now. What's going to be the conversation? I hope is that we turned it around. Yeah, and Tony hit on a, a critical point. It starts with the family. And I heard something years ago that if, if I could leave any message with our listeners, it would be talk to your kids. Talk to any youth that you actually care about and make your expectations clear. Because the the study that was done um, said that there, and this was a few years ago, they said they were afraid of law enforcement. Um, it, meaning if you crossed the line, if you broke the law, if you did drugs, well, all these different things. Uh, I, th- I would guess that number has dropped radically, but more importantly, they didn't want to disappoint their parents. Message to take away from that is talk to your kids. Tell them you do not want them doing drugs. You do not want them engaging in criminal activity. All of those things that are important to you, talk to them because they will listen and it, it'll have a larger, longer term impact than we typically tend to think. And uh, in this day and age, I think there's too many parents that approach it as a hands-off topic and that just can't be the case. And I don't, <clears throat> just so we don't end on a negative note. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Bring the drug yeah. situation <laughs> seems like that's gotten worse. What are some areas that have gotten better in your purview? We've been very fortunate at the, at the sheriff's office. I, I'm proud to say that uh, the team continues to think outside the box to try to bring things to the next level. That pursuit of excellence that uh, was instilled in us as uh, young staff members, and um, hopefully we've been able to continue that pursuit. So we have numerous first in-state uh, initiatives, first in Midwest programs, uh, and a lot of you know the technology, whether it's the iris scanning in the jail, the body scanners that took many years to get through legislature, it, and and even our our drone program was the first in the state that was authorized nationally even for nighttime use through the FAA and so we're not just looking at creating new programs but we want to create programs with excellence that exceed expectations and to be the model of how to do things right and not to be the headline about lessons learned (laughs) the bad way and so I I personally I think that's a great thing that that's again speaks to Anoka County culture as we strive to do things right uh, we continue to be the model that a lot of others look to. And I would say, um, you know, I'm at the end of my career, but I see many attorneys in this office, many people that work in this office at the beginning of their career. And what I am very pleased to say is that they are just as dedicated as anybody that has come before me uh, during my time, and I'm sure will be afterwards. And they're also much more aware of um, how they need to take care of themselves emotionally and psychologically. We have what's called a Building Resiliency Committee. Uh, in the office to try and help people understand the stress that they are dealing with. And as a result of that, they also um, are now reaching out to the community to help with that also. So uh, I see a positive coming forward. I I see kind of a change in mindset a little bit about uh, realizing who we are and uh, how we interact with the community and how we have to take care of ourselves. And I see that certainly in the law enforcement arena, and it certainly is true in, in the legal arena. There's a big push in the last few years, certainly by the Minnesota Supreme Court, about taking care of yourself. And uh, that part is really very good. If we take care of ourselves, we certainly can serve others probably a lot better. To close out, <clears throat> is there any other piece of advice you want to uh, pass along? I, I guess the only thing I would say is stay healthy and look for the good in people. Try not to focus on the bad. One of the things I would encourage everybody, whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're in the community, whether you're a community leader, or you don't tend to see yourself that way, you have a voice. 
everybody has a voice. And as Tony said earlier, public safety cannot be a partisan issue. Everybody needs to stand aligned for safer communities and stronger communities. And so uh, make sure your voices are heard. Make sure your uh, elected officials know what your, your stances are and that uh, any all of our communities that work with your law enforcement partners, because uh, the law enforcement is the community. That's who, what we are here for and, and who we're for. Um, and I think we need to keep building those relationships. But as important is to make sure our elected officials understand that the need to support our law enforcement has never been greater as we face recruitment and retention issues like never before. Um, we need to be aligned. Anoka County Sheriff James Stewart and Anoka County Attorney Tony Plumbo, thank you very much for talking with us. Thank you for the time. Happy to be here, man. And uh, thank you, Officer Mofera and Chief Lenny Austin. And to our sound, uh, our sound guy, Will Rottler. And I'm Ben Sandell. And Mo, do you want to do the do the closing line? This is Mo Cold. He's again from Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Break for a commercial. <laughs> You want to go for a little bit? Keep coming, talk. Ah, man, I got it.